are some people that make their work just another thing they have to do. And there are those that make their work something that they want to do. Welcome to Working on Purpose with your host, Elise Cortez. In our program, we provide guidance and inspiration from those people who have found deeper meaning and personal connection to their work life. It's beyond 9 to 5. It's Working on Purpose. Now, here is your host, Elise Cortez. Welcome back to Working on Purpose. Thanks for tuning in again this week. I'm your host, Elise Cortez, joining from Dallas, Texas, which is home base for me. This program is all about helping people more meaningfully and productively connect with their work and equipping organizations to do the same for their employees. And it was originally inspired by the meaning and work research I've been doing over the last 15 years and now complements the work that I do at Insignium, which is a global management consulting firm. I'll get to the program in just a second, but a big shout out first to my media partner and sponsor, Jobbing.com. They're the leading locally locally focused job board in the nation and they are dedicated to helping employers find quality talent in their own backyard while giving job seekers control over their search good partnership thank you much Last week, we were on the air with Dr. Arthur Sierra McCauley, who is a co-director of Integrated Success Strategies and the author of The Stress Solution, Using Empathy and Cognitive Behavioral Therapy to Reduce Anxiety and Develop Resilience. We talked about how using empathy in an intentional way in our work and personal conversations reduces stress and also increases our effectiveness as leaders, among many other interesting points. Great conversation, great guest. With us this week is Sean Anderson, who is a motivational author, unlimited thinker, and lifetime entrepreneur with a history of inspiring others. He's a six-time author with the latest book being called Amicus 101, a story about the pursuit of purpose and overcoming life's chaos. He's also the human spark plug behind Extra Mile Day, a day recognizing the power we have to create positive change when we go the extra mile. We'll be talking about all these aspects in some detail over the course of the show. He joins us today from Marina Del Rey, California. Sean, welcome to Working on purpose. It's my privilege to be here, Lise. How are you today? I'm great. I'm so tickled to have you. Since we found each other, I think it was on Twitter, and have spoken just a smidge. I have so much I want to extract out of you in the next hour. Are you ready? Yeah, I've got a question for you, though. Did you, this morning, do your six-mile six run at 530? No, that was uh, that's Tuesdays and Thursdays. Today was Bikram Yoga. <laughs> Awesome. Way to go the extra mile for yourself. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. I love that. I have to say, and I really appreciate this about who you are too, is that being for me, being grounded in my physiology, my exercise is just so, so important to me. So, uh, yeah, the extra mile is important to me. Um, Well, let's talk about this. Um, One of the things I I was certainly, the reason I wanted to have you on the show, among many other reasons, first, your story itself, you, your story yourself is interesting. But of course, I do love the idea of going the extra mile at work. And you and I spoke a little bit about how that maybe gets us closer closer to our purpose, all this kind of good thing. So let's start there. Comment from there, if you will. Well, you know, when we go the extra mile at work, a really interesting thing happens. It, it works for three different people. Number one, when we go the extra mile for ourselves at work, not only do we get better results, we get better reviews, we get better advancement opportunities. When we go the extra mile at work, our customers and our clients, better, uh, they benefit. They receive better experience, better service. And then for our coworkers, when we go the extra mile at work, they just, they just they find a better, more positive working environment. So when we go the extra mile, when we get away from just doing the status quo, when we give more, be more, do more, everybody benefits at work. And when that happens, I guarantee you that we will find more job satisfaction. 
So first, maybe we should talk a little bit about what do we mean by the extra mile? So when I hear that, I just mean just some level of added energy or effort. What do you mean by that? Well, it's everything. It's, it's, it's going the extra mile in your attitude, having, you know, being able to be just a little bit more positive, being, going the extra mile in your service, making those few extra phone calls every day. If you want to increase sales, just doing those two extra mile calls a day. If it's going the extra mile in service, just giving a little bit more to that customer or that client. It's just doing more than what your job description says. Going the extra mile is bringing the best version of ourselves to work every single day. And when we bring the best of ourselves to in any environment, chances are that the best is going to start to be mirrored back to us. Mm. And that kind of kind of gets me to some of the things that we talked about when we spoke briefly. And that was that you sort of mentioned something about when we go the extra mile, we begin to love our job more. What do you mean by that? Well, I think that's true because when we go the extra mile, we're going to find that people are going to start to go the extra mile to us. We're going to get that extra smile. We're going to get that extra, you know, way to go, Elise. Nice job. We're going to find those positive accolades coming back to us again. When we, when we do something often enough, it starts, to get, it starts to mirror itself back to us. So when we do these things, chances are we're going to find greater satisfaction. If someone says, hey, Elise, I love your show. Great show. How does that make you feel? Terrible. That's right, right? <laughs> right, just terrible. No, I love yeah. that, of course. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, when your boss, if, if, if someone has a boss out there and your boss says, you know what, Elise, thank you so much for that report. It was really, it was excellent. Thank you so much for your sales. Thank you so much for that call. Thank you so much for that. I mean, how does that make you feel? Oh, yeah. No question. And, and along those lines for me, Sean, I was just thinking about this just yesterday. I just think it's so easy to go the extra mile in everything that we do, even just casual interactions. I mean, just for example, I was I went up to go see a, a prospect here in Dallas um, within a health healthcare company. And the woman who was behind the front counter was there and she was directing all kinds of traffic. And I walked up to her and she was just beautiful, Sean, just a beautiful young woman. And so I just simply told her so. I just simply said, wow, you are just beautiful. And she was completely undone by that, right? And, you know, I mean, I could, I guess I could have just said, can I go see whatever the man's name was, Mr. Jones, whatever. Um, But to me, it just felt like it was so easy just to go a smidge further than that. Is that what you're talking about? Just basic things like that? No, that's exactly right. What you did in that one particular incident was you pushed the snowball down the hill. You started this little tiny snowball of, of positive goodwill and you were putting it out into the universe. You said, hey, you, you're beautiful. So of course we know that that made her feel special. I can assure you that the person that she talked to next, she was probably having you know, the best smile on her face, the best smile on her heart because of what you planted. That in turn plants something positive in that person and that person and that person. And that's what pushing the snowball of extra mile effort really does. We just, we just get it rolling. And there's no reason that any of us can't say to the checker when we go to the grocery store tonight, hey, thank you so much for your service, or how has your day been, or, you know, thank you so much for your smile today, I really appreciate it. You you know, just that positive extra effort that if we extend to others, if we extend in in any part of our life, something positive is going to come back to us. Mm. Well, I certainly live by that notion. I um, I absolutely love living by that that notion. And I think for the most part, almost everybody really appreciates that. Every once in a while, somebody says, God, can you be less positive, Cortez? Can you just tone it down just a little? But for the most part, people are like, yeah, I, I dig that. That's That works for me. 
Well, it's pretty obvious that you've been an extra mile person in your own life. I mean, not only, not only, you know, what it takes to go the extra mile to produce this show and all the effort that you put into it, but also if you just look at your, your own educational background, I mean, I know that you have a PhD, but also in looking at your background, I know that you've gone to school in four different states. Now think about all the, the, Think about all the sacrifices someone has to do when they go to school in four different states. I mean, that's going the extra mile. But now, today, because you went the extra mile back then, you're able to to reap the fruits of everything that you learned, of everything that was added to your life, and now you have the chance to give all of that back. Mm. That is so lovely, Sean. It's lovely that you also looked up my background because the next question I wanted to go to was yours. Um, when I think about whenever I have a, a, somebody on the on the show, I always like to have a little bit of context behind what it is that we talk about. And you, your own, your own, you're like your own best walking billboard of yourself, right? In terms of your message and what it is that you stand for, just because that's how you you, you live your life. Um, you you're a number one best selling motivation and self help author. You have built a multi million dollar company. I love that you've pedaled a bike four thousand miles across the United States, not once but twice run a 100-mile race, and created adventures in 40-plus countries, including, um, what, Spain, Japan, Portugal, and many others. I mean, there's so many different things that I think are interesting, too, about your background. So I guess I would just like to hear a bit about where do you think that stuff comes from, and how do you, in terms of, like, that motivation piece, and how do you think that informs your message and the work that you do? And you mentioned those three countries. You mentioned Japan, Spain, and Portugal. I want to make a note that I actually... I walked across each of those countries last summer. I walked them. 750 miles around Shikoku, Japan in 48 days. I walked 550 miles in 27 days across northern Spain all the way to what is called Finisterre, Spain, which is the end of the world. It's where Columbus and company used to stand on the edge of the, at the, edge of the, uh, the cliffs and look at the ocean and think that the world ended there. I've walked up the coast of Portugal from top to bottom 450 miles. And this June, I will be adding my fourth and fifth countries. I'm going to be walking Hadrian's Wall in England, border to border, and then I'm going to jet over to Ireland and I'm going to walk across the whole country of Ireland. A long time ago, I learned that, I mean, it really became clear to me that we have one life. I have but one life. And so my intention every day is to say to myself, what do I want to do with that life? How do I want to live? And I don't, I just don't give lip service to those dreams or those wishes or those hopes. Then I put action. I put legs underneath them, literally legs as I walk across countries, right? So that's, that's my whole, my whole philosophy is at least how do you want to live your life? What do you want to do? Now let's create an action plan to actually do that. Life's not about dreaming. It's not about wishing. It's about doing. Wow. I, of course, I completely applaud that and I adhere to that. But why walking across a whole country? What is that? There must be something there that calls you. Why are you doing that specifically? Yeah, it's, it's finding my simplicity again. We live in this world that, you know, everybody has smartphones, laptops, you know, cable television with 200 channels. We, we live in this world where we're bombarded with messages and, and just this big chaotic sense of, of, of all this stuff coming at us, but yet we lose the perspective of the greatest joys of life, and that's the simple beauty. I find that again by actually just putting on a simple backpack and I'm 54 years of age and I go out and I, you know, sure it's a struggle the first few days, you're, you're missing your emails, you're missing your phone calls, you're missing all that, but it's finding the simplicity, the pureness, the joy of life, of being able just to take those individual steps and overcome potentially pain 
Spain or meeting the really interesting person in the small village that you would have never have met before and had a, had a great cup of coffee or, you know, walking up a mountain pass that you didn't think you could make and coming down and seeing sites that you've never seen before. I tell you what, you start doing things like that in life, your spirit becomes so refreshed that not only do you become more passionate about your own life, but you become more purposeful in how you want to live the rest of your days. Oh, my word, Sean. You are awesome. I'm so glad I found you. This is so cool. I, I can relate to a lot of what you're talking about. I have never done any of these kinds of walking journeys like you're talking about, these walking adventures you're talking about, but maybe I need to. How long are you gone, typically, and does anybody go with you? No. You know, when you go on an adventure like this, sometimes if you've got someone else, your dream might not be their dream. Your destination might not be their dis- destination. I learned a long time ago that I am my only pace setter. I don't look at the amazing awesomeness of Elise Cortez to set my pace. I clap for the pace that you have for yourself, but I just have to set my own pace. So I go by myself so that my experience becomes my experience and it's not clouded by someone else's knee pains, backaches or whatever, you know, it's, it's just finding my own purity, finding the, the best version of myself again. That's why I do it. You know, plus, I don't know where I'm going to end up in a day. And that just doesn't work for a lot of people. I might try to make 20 miles. The most I've walked in a day is 32, 33 miles. Well, that's a pretty heavy pace. But sometimes when you're just flowing in life and you're just rolling and you're going, man, you're not looking for people to stop you, to block you, or to wave you off the road. You just want to keep doing your thing and the best that you can do it. Mm, I love this, Sean. I'm totally with you. Oh, I'll be. I'll tell you what. I will be in a backpack or maybe in your back pocket when you do it next time. How's that? <laughs> You're not heavy. You're my sister. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly right. I was thinking the same thing. Oh, my goodness. I knew this was going to be a fun interview. Um, all right. Well, I'm wondering. I got to get this in before we hit the break. This idea of this Extra Mile America thing that you have spearheaded, this amazing, I can't even describe a movement. What is it? Tell us about this, please. Well, in 2009, you know, America and the world was going through a pretty dramatic event. I mean, the stock market was going cuckoo and people were losing their homes and businesses were closing and banks were closing. And and a lot of people were starting to really lose hope that they had any control over their future or what was going to happen next. I mean, it was like, oh, my gosh, you know, what's going to happen? They started looking to their boss and saying, what are you going to do to make sure that I keep my job and even make more money in the future? They started looking to the government. And started to say, what programs are you going to create to make sure that, you know, we can still survive? People would look at their spouse. Hey, what are you doing to make our relationship better? They forgot the general simple principle that if you want to create positive change in your own world, then you don't look to a boss or a spouse or the government, but you look at the person in the mirror. And because of that, I wanted to use my voice and remind people of this, that if you, if you want to change your life, you don't stay on the status quo road, but you've got to do what? You've got to go the extra mile. At that time, I used my non-bicyclist 48-year-old legs, and I pedaled a bike 4,000 miles across the United States as a forced Gump sort of symbol. Along the way, my staff created events in 21 cities where I had the privilege of interviewing over 200 people and organizations identified as having gone the extra mile in life in volunteerism and service. At the end of that I gave away $10,000 of my own money to the stories most inspiring. But I wanted to keep that message alive, and I created Extra Mile Day. Extra Mile Day is a day where mayors around the country recognize the heroes in volunteerism and service that are doing amazing things in their community. 2009, when it started, there were 23. 
I'm proud to say that on November 1st, which is Extra Mile Day, November 1st, 2016, there were 560 cities around the United States that participated and made the declaration. Oh, my gosh, that's fantastic. Now, the question is, did you and your staff have to make all 560 opt-in, or was it more like a, how do I say, did they enroll themselves along the way, or how did that actually Well, happen? you build mojo in life, you know. You know, success breeds success. If someone hears about a great book, sometimes they look up the great book, right? So, you know, oftentimes a mayor will find out, and they'll say, hey, well, tell us about this. We want to maybe plan an event and recognize people in, in the government or, or whatever we've heard about this. And so, yeah, we get them to opt in, but also, you know, we, we definitely send out reminders and, and give them an opportunity to build something cool in their city. Oh, my gosh, Sean. This is just remarkable. Um, I want to hear a little bit more about this, but let's go ahead and catch our first break here. I'm Elise Cortez. We've been on the air with Sean Anderson, who is a human spark plug behind the Extra Mile Day and Extra Mile America and the author of Amicus 101, a story about the pursuit of purpose and overcoming life's chaos. He joined us today from Marina Del Rey, California. We've been talking a bit about his own background and what going the extra mile actually means. After the break, we're going to talk a bit about the work that he actually does helping others perform at their best. Stay with us. Friend us on Facebook to keep up with what's empowering the world. Voice America Empowerment. Elise Cortez is a speaker and engagement and development catalyst. She designs and delivers professional development, leadership, and engagement workshops and can bring her expertise to your organization. She will help ignite meaningful development within your workforce that will increase employee engagement, performance, and retention. To learn more or to invite Elise to speak to your organization, please visit her at www.elisecortez.com. She would welcome the opportunity to help get your employees working on purpose. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings of the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our wall. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. Can you think of anybody who does not want a better life and to be a better person? Think about that for a second. Almost everyone wants to be better, but how does one go about doing that? One thing that is making people better every week is tuning into the Self-Improvement Show with Dr. Irene Conlon. All real change comes from within, but many of us don't know where to find the information or guidance we need to make the changes that bring about the improvement. Most of us don't know how to work within. Listen Thursdays at noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern, on Voice America Empowerment. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com This is Working on Purpose with Elise Cortez. To reach our program today, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. Again, that's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to Elise, A-L-I-S-E, at EliseCortez.com. Now, back to Working on Purpose. 
Thanks for staying with us and welcome back to Working on Purpose. If you're just joining us, my guest is motivational author, unlimited thinker, and lifetime entrepreneur, Sean Anderson. He's a six-time author with the latest book being called Amicus 101, a story about the pursuit of purpose and overcoming life's chaos. He's also the human spark plug behind the Extra Mile Day, a day recognizing the power we have to create positive change when we go the extra mile. I'm your host, Elise Cortez. So before we went to break, you were just finishing telling us about that Extra Mile Day in America. Would like to hear just a little bit more about that. If you have maybe just an example or a fun story or two to share about something that happened to you along the way as you were creating that or during the adventure, would love to. I, I want to be part of it. I want to be in there somewhere. Well, I'd be happy to, and and I can't I can't highlight extra mile that extra mile America tour unless I highlighted some of the amazing people that I had the ability to meet. There was a woman that came up to me in Iowa, and she had to be escorted on somebody's arm, and that's because she was blind. She had two glass eyes, and as I met Sheila Holdsworth, I found out that when she was ten years old, that the orthodontic headgear that she was wearing one day. It snapped, the rubber band snapped, and when it did, it gouged out both her eyes. So since the age of 10, she'd, been, she'd had two glass eyes. Well, it never stopped Sheila Holsworth from going the extra mile. She ended up being the uh, first woman to climb one of the world's tallest mountains. She became an international world record holder in skiing, both downhill and trick water ski jumping. She's biked across um, uh, her state of Iowa. And, and she was a perfect example of what it means that no matter what, where you come from, it doesn't determine where you are going in life if you have that extra mile spirit. I met another woman who uh, in Sacramento, California, who, who was about 90 years old at that time, and she had been volunteering for over 50-some years at the exact same place because she knew that you know, her life was going to be measured not by how much money she left the world with, but by how many hearts and minds she was able to touch and serve, and, and her name was Raina. And the final person I'll you know, tell you about is a guy named Creighton Wong, and I met him in San Francisco, California. And when Creighton came up to meet me, he shook me with his hand, and I noticed that two fingers were missing. He showed me his other hand, and he had three fingers missing on that hand. Creighton also walked with a limp, and that was because he had a fake leg. You see, Creighton Wong was born a congenital amputee. He was born without the fingers on his the, the hands, and he was born without having one leg, but that didn't stop Creighton Wong from becoming a triathlete, a guy that that can run 26 miles, a, a guy that can bike 100 miles, and a guy that can swim a mile all at the same time. Again, all of us are born with different obstacles and hurdles and struggles to overcome in life. Every one of us has the opportunity to either let that obstacle stop us and block us, or we can say, that's not the life I want to live. I choose to go the extra mile. I choose to do more and be more. Mm, so amazing. So I got to say a couple things, Sean. First, I so, so appreciate the work that you do because we do need motivation and inspiration in our lives. And we so have to find ways and sources to be able to get that because life can be hard sometimes. So I really appreciate and applaud the work that you do to to keep us on track. Um and secondly, I, you were just, when you were talking, I was very much thinking, um, I look for ways to get inspired. I look for people. I look for uh, situations, scenarios to inspire me. And one of the things I used to love to do when I was married was I would accompany my my now ex-husband to his Ironmans when he, when he did them. I always loved being the cheerleader. And the reason I loved going to those events is just for the very reasons you cited, Sean, because invariably there would be um, um, participants who 
by all rights, you would you would think would not be participating. They didn't have their own legs. They were running on prosthetic limbs. They didn't have their own arms. They were swimming with prosthetic arms. Um, it was it was just I always found myself at some point in the race after I was cheering somebody on crying because I was so moved, so inspired by what I was seeing in the competitors. So that's what you conjured up for me before you even drew the example of, of the of the triathlete. It's just right. Why wouldn't you want to be around people like that? Well, I think I think because you have that dedication right now to surround yourself with with positivity and to fill your head with positivity, that's why you are who you are. Because we're either putting in good stuff into our brain or bad stuff into our brain, and that's going to affect our feelings, which is going to affect our actions. The more that we focus on filling our mind with positive affirmations and positive motivations and positive can-do type stuff, the more we're going to be able to become can-do type people. And again, that's the most powerful choice that we have. Every day we wake up and being able to, with this choice of either going left and going a positive direction or going right and going the negative direction. Right there from the very beginning, we're going to determine not only the success of our day, but we're going to also determine how the world sees us and how the world treats us. And when we choose to go left, that positive way, fill our brains with positive, be positive, act positive, do positive, man, positive stuff happens. Yeah, I totally see that, Sean. I am totally on the same wavelength as you. Um, And speaking of that, what I really wanted to also get into here is I'm terribly curious about the work that you do as a performance coach. So given what you just said there, I was hoping you could maybe say a little bit about some of the work that you do, how you work with people to change their lives. And I know that part of what you do is help them get past limiting beliefs, things that paralyze their action, their fear, and getting their fears under control, things. I know that basically. But how do you work with people? And can you maybe give an example of somebody that you've helped or worked with? Well, I don't work with as many people as I used to. I'm very selective about that. Now I try to take my message to as many people as I can at one time, but yet I do miss sometimes the the individual intensity of being able to take one person, visualize their goal together, and get them across the finish line. But what I have found so often when people dream big that the greatest thing that stops them, the greatest limitation is that four letter word called fear. And fear is absolutely real. And I, as a success coach and as a motivator and as a can-do guy, I can't make your fear go away. I can't do it. I don't have that Harry Potter magic wand. But what I do have the ability to, to do and what every person has the ability to do is to not let that fear stop us. When we, when we feel that what we want to achieve the feeling of achieving it is far greater than the fear that prevents us from doing it. That's what allows us to take action. And every single time that we take action, we move an inch further away from fear. I can assure you that I have spoken hundreds of times before and I still feel fear every time I go on stage. But every single time, I know that if I didn't get on stage, I would feel a heck of a lot worse than the fear that's blocking me. And that's what always gets me going. And that's what I will work with individuals on getting them to realize that fact. Mm. 
Well, a couple of things to that, Sean. One, I, I am, I'm even amazed that you still would, would face fear when you get onto a stage. I, I find that remarkable. I mean, I sometimes get the, the, the butterflies, but I've never probably spoken to near the size of audiences that you have, though. So maybe that's the difference. But so there's that. Um, thank you for saying that, because I think so many of our listeners think, you know, that people that speak and write books are bigger than life and don't have fears. Um, and we're just real people, right? <laughs> just normal, everyday people. Um, and then the second thing I wanted to talk about a little bit, since I, I realize that you don't really coach much anymore, how do you spend your time? You're you're a prolific author. I must imagine that you go out, you do speak a bit. And then tell me about your time. How do you spend your time with regard to work? Yeah, and, and I don't want to say that I don't have any clients. I only just have a couple of months now that I work with continuously over a period of time, and, and I'm pretty selective. I, I, I will speak. I'm constantly writing, and I'm constantly doing my best to create big events. I try to think of the biggest thing event in my mind, and then I, I work to make it happen. Let me give you an example. Now this, I have this passion in my heart of taking the extra mile message, not just to America, but around the world. In 2015, I started this, and I created an extra mile world tour. And the first country I went, I went to was the Philippines. When I started contacting people in the Philippines to speak, you know, um, in fact, I even have this, this, this email that they said I still keep it on, you know, pinned to my mirror. It says, however, you must consider the culture here in the Philippines. No motivational speaker has ever come and has gathered any kind of crowd here in that country. That was a, that was a quotation from them before I began the tour. I spent about three and a half weeks there. By the time I ended, I spoke to over 20,000 people in the Philippines. Right now in 2017, we're working on creating another tour in Central America. I want to do the very same thing. I want to go down to El Salvador and Guatemala and Honduras and some of those countries who, who might not have the same privileges and advantages that we have in the United States, but yet they have the same opportunity to create the best version of themselves and live the best life. If someone goes and cheers for them and claps for them and gives it and helps plant the seed that that's possible because, you know, I, I became who I am because I know what it's like to have people not clap for you, not root for you, not encourage you and limit you. So I wanted to be the voice that did say, Elise Cortez, you're going to have a a radio show and it's going to be amazing and you can do it. I want to be that person. Well, okay, so I'm, I'm now I'm really going in your back pocket, um, or in your back in your backpack, one of the two. Um, love the idea of taking it on a on a global level, and and I can speak those languages down there, so I'll help. But um, with the other thing that I really get, Sean, and I just, in fact, I was just talking with some girlfriends over lunch about this, is that. You know, at some point in my life, whenever this is, and, you know, you and I can talk about this at some point, um, I do. What you're doing is you've created a movement. Now, you started it here in America. Now you're taking it across the globe. That is phenomenal. I would love to do something like that. Well, you, if anybody has the power, you do, because we know, we know that you have amazing dis- self-discipline to be able to follow through with whatever, whatever goal you have. I mean, we, we all have that ability because it all starts with the person in the mirror. If, if you look in the mirror and you believe in you and you believe in your purpose and you can muster up the passion, we've got the ability to do so much more than we ever could have imagined. I, you know, I've never really had a job in my life and I've always created my job. When I was 10 years old, my very first job was I sold worms to fishermen. I would go in the backyard at night, flood the yard, and pull up 
all the night crawlers. I'd run an ad in the newspaper, and then on Saturday and Sunday morning before they went to the river, they would come and they would buy worms by the dozen for me. So I learned along, and then I could go buy baseball cards. So I, you know, I learned that that was if I did that, I could create what something I wanted at that time. I wanted baseball cards, right? So, but we have that ability. I mean, you know, people limit themselves too much when they think about their jobs. They 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 go to work and they they perform their job that they're supposed to, that their job description says at a nine to five. But what if they went the extra mile? What if they really spent an extra five minutes a day or 10 minutes and said, how can I make our company better? What can I do? If you go and and, and do some brainstorming and you come up with something, then you share it. Who knows what's created? Who knows what grows from that? But it all always grows from having a vision. And that's how I want to live my life. Have the vision and then take massive action to make the vision happen. Well, if this doesn't inspire just a couple of people who are listening here, I mean, we we should just give up, I think. Right, Sean? I mean, <laughs> this is, I'm thrilled. I didn't know that you were doing this on a global level. And I am, wow, I'm really really impressed and very, very, I don't know. I, like I said, I got to go in your back pocket or somehow be part of it. I don't know, but, um, uh, wow. So you also remind me too. Uh, I did want to ask about your background because I did wonder if you'd ever had any traditional sort of career and it sounds like you haven't. No, no, I've just been lucky enough to have the privilege of breathing here for, I hope for as many years as I possibly can. And I mean, that's, it's, it's pretty much a miracle that all of us are here it's a life, we look at life, we look at life as being absolutely this hard, challenging thing that it's a grind. We create, well, we create the grind. We can also create the joy. We can create the harmony. We can create the peace. We can create the adventure. We can create the, the, the romance. We can create whatever we want to create. But again, it, it's, it starts with not looking at someone else to do it for you. It's, it, we have to stop looking for mentors. We have to stop looking for for superheroes, we have to become the mentor. We have to become the superhero because the more that we reach out and we help other people achieve what they want, the more that we're going to be able to have the opportunity to achieve what we want. Mm-hmm. I am so with you. So with you. And I have to say, you, you reminded me, I had some wonderful flashback memories when you talked about just starting off in terms of just being an entrepreneur at age 10. I, I think I was somewhere in middle school when my thing was, is that when I went out my little suburban, small little cul-de-sac, I gathered whatever kids were out there playing and I then rounded them up and brought them with me to the, the next doorstep in the cul-de-sac, rang the doorbell and said, hey, we're here. Can we wash your car? that's right (laughs) and and, and invariably they said yes because i'm sure it was some ridiculously low price but maybe they were i don't know but and then then it was we're here to rake your leaves and so (laughs) these unsuspecting neighbors would get enrolled into this this activity and they'd go home with a little bit of money in their pockets and they, they usually went along with it the difference though between you and i is that you made a whole life of doing something like that i think that is phenomenal well we all need to learn from little elise um cortez in the sense that it was her initiative and her her gang's initiative to to go create something because that's what it is when we take the initiative when we take the initiative to talk to the person in the elevator to talk to the checker at the store to come up with the idea to present to our boss to ask our coworker if you know uh, you, you know how are you to doing today in a sincere fashion every time we take the initiative to do anything in life something's going to happen i'm a big believer of this create 
a great day. That's how I sign my emails, create a great day, because it's, we have the power. You and I have the power to create whatever day we want. We can create a sad day. We can create a day of fear. Or we can create an amazing, successful, harmonious, passionate, purposeful day. It's because of what we dream and what we do during that day. You know, Sean, I recently had a a major breakthrough with regard to how I experience time, how time occurs for me. And because I was thinking about all the things I really wanted to get done in my life and all this sort of thing and sort of feeling exasperated and frustrated by it. And I really came to see that all of us really have just two things. We have a heartbeat and time. And everything mm. else we create, right? Everything else we create. And That's once exactly I saw, right. right, and then once I saw it from that perspective, I began to see time as a gift and no longer my arc enemy that I had to beat down and get the best of. And that changed everything for me. Completely gave me a, a sense of peace of mind, a, a piece of a sense of opportunity. Oh, I completely new realm of possibility for me. So that's kind of what I heard and got again when you were talking. Yeah, I mean, we can either we can either create or we can listen to some what someone else is going to create for us, right? I mean, isn't isn't that how most people are choosing to live? I mean, it's they follow what someone else wants them to do. I think if we if we follow that line of thinking, we're going to find our greatest mediocrity we've ever found. Mm-hmm. But when we choose to really take power, personal, just just personal ownership of of the ability that that we have to make waves to create ripples. That's when life starts to become really juicy. Oh, I'm so with you on that. And what a perfect way to send us off to a break, Sean. Thank you for that. I'm Elise Cortez, your host. We're on the air with, with Sean Anders Anderson, who is the human spark plug behind the Extra Mile Day and the author of Amicus 101, a story about the pursuit of purpose and overcoming life's chaos. He joins us today from Marina Del Rey, California. After the break, I want to get into a few of those books and maybe see if you can share just a few of those pearls of wisdom that you've been writing about. Stay with us, listeners. Friend us on Facebook to keep up with what's empowering the world. Voice America Empowerment. Elise Cortez is a speaker and engagement and development catalyst. She designs and delivers professional development, leadership, and engagement workshops and can bring her expertise to your organization. She will help ignite meaningful development within your workforce that will increase employee engagement, performance, and retention. To learn more or to invite Elise to speak to your organization, please visit her at www.elisecortez.com. She would welcome the opportunity to help get your employees working on purpose. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network wherever you go. In addition to listening live, you can check out information about your favorite talk show hosts, discover new talk show personalities, add shows to your list of favorites, and listen to all our show archives on demand. All from your iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market, and get ready to tune in. The Voice America mobile app, powered by Aircast. Get 
inspired, encouraged, and connected on our lively, award-winning Healthy Living Power Hour, Star Style. Be the star you are with host and empowerment architect, Cynthia Bryan. Live every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Tune in to the Power Party for positive, uplifting, life-changing talk radio. Visit StarStyleRadio.com. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. This is Working on Purpose with Elise Cortez. To reach our program today, please call in to 1 888 346 9141. Again, that's 1 888 346 9141. You may also send an email to Elise, A L I S E, at EliseCortez.com. Now, back to Working on Purpose. Thanks for staying with us, and welcome back to Working on Purpose. If you're just tuning in, my guest is motivational author, unlimited thinker, and lifetime entrepreneur, Sean Anderson. He's a six-time author with the latest book called Amicus 101, a story about the pursuit of purpose and overcoming life's chaos. He is also the human spark plug behind the Extra Mile Day, a day recognizing the power we have to create positive change when we go the extra mile. I'm your host, Elise Cortez. So while we were on break there, Sean, you and I were chatting a bit about your newsletter. And since you'd already said before that you spent a lot of time writing and thinking about what you want to say, um, just curious for our listeners who maybe don't know anything about your newsletter, it comes out, you said, every Thursday. How can people subscribe to this? If someone goes to Sean, uh, SeanAnderson.com, it's spelled S-H-A-W-N, Anderson, A-N-D-E-R-S-O-N, they're going to find a subscription box and they just have to fill in their name and it automatically goes into the system. And I can assure you that my one sole intent is only to either push them up the mountain that they have in their life or help pull them when necessary. Never is it used as any kind of sales vehicle or anything like that. Always is it used to inspire people to be the best, best version of themselves. Mm, I love that. Thank you. Well, since we were talking about writing, that's one of the things I wanted to cue up for you because I, I, I didn't realize that so much of your, your time is now spent writing. And to that end, I just wanted to see if you talk a little bit about your latest book. And well, actually, before that, I want to I ask you, why in the world did you start writing books? I'm writing my first full book. I've been in chapters before, but writing my first full, full book. Uh, it's crazy. So what made you start writing books in the first place? Well, it goes back to, it goes back a long, long time. Um, I graduated from the University of California, Berkeley. And when I graduated, I, you know, I didn't have a penny to my name really. And so actually the only, the first job that I really had to ever get was I worked a graveyard shift at a 7-Eleven part-time just to help supplement, you know, whatever I was doing. And when you work a graveyard shift at 7-Eleven, not a lot of customers are coming in at 2 or 3 a.m. back then. And I started reading every positive book that I could lay my hands on. I mean, I, you know, Augmandino and the Zig Ziglar's and, you know, the Napoleon Hills and W. Clement Stone, just all the books, all the great bios of men, of women, of whoever. And I started asking myself a question, why am I here and why can't I do that? 
And the answer was simply that you can if you want to. I was out running on the beach one day, and I was still thinking of all these great books that I've been reading, and, and I, I saw this seagull flying out over the ocean. I go, man, that bird, that's so um, awesome. He doesn't even know where he's going, I don't think. I mean, he's going out the next land is thousands of miles away. I want to be like that bird. I want to be able to fly high, go far, not be afraid. I want to live as unlimited uh, with, a, with as few limitations as he is. And so this concept came to me. It's, it's a, a soar. I wanted to soar like that bird. And so the S, the O, the A, the R, they became an acronym for me. Seeing the dream, S-E-E-I-N-G, seeing the dream, organizing the dream into a step-by-step plan, taking action on that plan, and rejecting failure, S-O-A-R. I started implementing that dream. It was kind of a model off of Benjamin Franklin book that I had read, and I applied it to my own life. And before the age of 30, not that it's a huge deal, but I became worth over a million dollars by the age of 30. I then decided that I need to share SOAR with as many people as I can because this helped me. I want to help them. Writing became my avocation when I wrote the book SOAR to the top. The book sold about 50,000 copies, but before I ever got that book published, I want to share with the listeners that I had 83 rejection letters from publishers. One, two, three, 10, 20, 30, 50, 81, 82, 83 before I ever got my first book published. When you have a dream in your heart that is so intense, you've got to realize that you are going to get knocked in the face, punched in the gut, kicked in the teeth the first few times you go for it. But just because someone says you're not good enough, just because someone says, I don't like your book, I don't like your song, I don't like this about you, I don't like your project, I don't like your resume, I don't like your anything, man, who cares what they say? You only got to keep believing in you. Since I wrote Sword of the Top, now I've written six books. And so... You know, my ultimate goal is to to sell one million copies before I take my final long nap. (laughs) I'm sorry, Sean. You are just so much fun to talk with. Um, Final long nap. That's that. I've never heard it put that way, but okay. Um, um, I also love that you gave us the history of how this began because I hadn't really asked you about that, and I really appreciate that history in that context. That is. Somehow not surprising, but again, I, I, I hope that what listeners are getting, I love that you also shared the 83 rejections, huge part of who you are and what's made you who you are, and that just, it, it's part of the territory. Um, I think about my own journey as, a, as an author, and I remember the first couple of times that I sent out a manuscript, and it was like, oh, this is a piece of crap, and I was like, oh, okay, it is. Um, <laughs> I licked my wounds for a little while, then I went back to it, but um, such a lot of pearls of Hope, wisdom, motivation in that. Sean, thank you for being so real with us. Huge. Well, I appreciate that. I do. I want to really just, I want the readers to know that, that again, some of these con- the listeners to know that every single day, I, I mean, I still fear what somebody might think about my words. I still, I ne- you never, we never get past that exactly. If someone, you know, comments or they do a review or something, I, I'm still always nervous about it. But remember, I'm only, I only let myself be nervous about it for 10 seconds because then what kicks in is, you know what? I love what I'm doing. I'm doing it as passionately as I can. I'm going to keep improving every single day. What I write to tomorrow is so much better than what I'm writing today. And, and, and I, I, we can't always, not everybody's going to like us. 
not everyone that's listening today is going to even like this interview at all. Some people are going to think, blah, 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 whatever. Some will, though. And whenever we create the best that's in us, we're doing it because someone will grow from it. They'll learn from it. They'll evolve for it. They'll be able to advance their own dreams because of what you do, what I do, what the listener does. And that's what motivates me is because something I write The next thing that I write is going to inspire or spark someone to live a life 10 times bigger than I lived my own. Wow. Well, speaking of that, Sean, I wanted to see if you if you wouldn't mind. I mean, I know that this latest book that that I've been talking about on the show certainly aligns with this whole radio show. The, there's a, there's the notion about the purpose piece in there. Um, first, would you say a little bit about kind of what's the idea behind the book? And then I wanted to see if you'd share. I know that it, it contains 21 lessons to help us live more powerful, purposeful lives. Um, but what's generally the book about first? I found a long time ago that the books that inspired me the most weren't like, these are the 10 things you need to do to be successful. These are the five things that if you do this, you're going to find the best relationship you've ever had. These are the 12 things that if you follow, you're going to live a complete happiness and harmony. I don't like those, those types of books. I like, I liked an author when I was younger named Og Mandino. And Og Mandino would teach lessons in a book, but he would do it through telling a story. Mm-hmm. So that's what Amicus 101 is about. It's about a guy who goes to his job. He's been, he's been doing his job pretty medi- with mediocrity. He's been living his life with mediocrity, his relationship with mediocrity, everything. And one day he goes to work and his whole world blows up. He gets fired. And Jay Garfield does not know what to do with his life. He, he goes into a complete state of depression until he meets a teacher. The teacher's name is Amicus. Amicus then takes him through 21 real-life lessons in a very unique way, and each of these lessons starts to change Jay Garfield, our main character, from the inside out, because that's where change happens. If we want change in our outer world, we start with change in our inner world, and that's what Amicus 101 is about. Mm. Gosh, that's crisp, Sean. That is so cool. I didn't, I didn't know that. I didn't, I didn't catch that when I was doing my research on you. So I appreciate that you shared that. Um, next, how about maybe just a couple of the lessons that you're trying to impart in the book? Well, as Amicus is getting, you know, Jay Garfield to to think about his life and to start planning some of these success principles that can make a difference for for Jay. One thing that he he, he teaches him to do is is just to imagine. To, to find that imagination with him again that he might have had as a young boy, like when he was in little Elise Cortez's gang when they were going door to door, you know, looking to wash people's cars. Because it's when we take a moment and just imagine, imagine what our life could be like. I mean, Elise, imagine this. Imagine what your life could be if you spent an extra 20 minutes a day just brainstorming on what you could do with your show. 20 minutes a day brainstorming what amazing principles, successes might come from it. Elise, imagine this. Imagine what would happen in your life if you set this goal, this health physical goal of something that was really a little bit of a push for you, but imagine how your life might change because of that. Elise, imagine this. I know you've lived in a few countries already before. I think you've said you've lived in Spain, you've lived in Brazil. Imagine what would have happened if you were to take your message and you were to go live in Italy, if you were to live in France, or if you were to go live in Nigeria, Africa. Just imagine what would happen in your world. Elise, imagine what would happen in your world if you chose to get 
give 30 minutes a week to finding your POD, uh, spending time with your POD. I call POD my person of the day. Every day I identify one person that I want to give a little bit of my energy, passion, purpose, encouragement to and clap for. Imagine what would happen in your life if you did that for one person every day. So that's one of the things in the book, Amicus 101. He teaches Jay. He reminds Jay to go imagine once again. Mm. Mm. I like that. I think we can all find 20 minutes, Sean. Even I, even I can find 20 minutes. I, absolutely. Okay. Got it. And maybe we have time for one more lesson. Uh, there's a story in one of these books, which the, the, the whole section is it's calling put wood on the fire. And it starts, it starts with telling the story about this man and he's freezing to death and he's, he, he's cold and he, he looks at his, his cold wood burning stove and he says, come on, more heat, more heat. I'm freezing here. And then this, this, this stove has, you know, it's, 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 it has a voice of its own and it shouts back, well, if you were ever to put wood in me, I might choose to put fire out and heat out to you. And that's the way it is in life. We ask for so much in our life. We want, we want, we want, but we don't put wood on the fire in order to be able to create that. If we want more of anything in life, we have to think of it in that kind of analogy. We'll put wood on the fire, man. If you put wood on the fire, something's going to burn, something's going to happen. So it takes, it's a reminder that if we want something, then we've got to do something to create what we want. Mm, boy, that is also so true. And, and, and it, so the reason I wanted to ask you just about a couple of these lessons is to give listeners an idea of what the book was about. And frankly, so I could have a couple of pearls myself. And those are, those are, if that's what the whole book is about, I, my, my copy's on its way. <laughs> Yo, absolutely. If you, after this phone call, send, email me your address and you definitely will get copies. I'll, give you, I'll even send extra copies to give you to your listeners. Oh, wow. That'd be great, Sean. That would be wonderful. Um, well, believe it or not, we've, we're, we're basically out of time, but I want to give you, if you would, the last word, be able to say and share with our listeners, maybe within a, a minute, what would you like to leave them with? Well, we'll keep it shorter than that. You know, if, if there's anybody out there that's listening, and if you want to experience the greatest successes you've ever had, your greatest adventures, your greatest romances, your greatest contributions, it doesn't matter how old you are. But if you want any of those things, just never, never stop going the extra mile. Oh, my gosh, Sean, that is a wonderful way to leave our listeners. I, I know certainly for me, and I wonder about um, my friend Aaron, who's helping us here with Voice America, if he isn't feeling more energized than than we did when we when we began this conversation an hour ago. What a gift it's been to have you to have to to run across to you in my life, uh, Sean. Thank you so much for being a guest. It's been wonderful to have you with us. I'm grateful. Thank you. So, if you want to learn more about this amazing man and the work that he does, go to his website. It's seananderson.com. So the spelling on that is S H A W N. A-N-D-E-R-S-O-N, seananderson.com. Next week, we'll be on the air with Todd Raphael, and we're going to be talking about the increasing phenomenon of the demands of men parenting and the challenges it poses in the workplace. So he has quite a unique perspective that he has developed over time that we want to be able to talk about and impart to listeners to be able to help support this wonderful phenomenon of more men getting involved with their children and raising their children. So see you next week. Remember that work is one third of our lives, so let's work on purpose. We hope you've enjoyed this week's program. 
Be sure to tune in to Working on Purpose, featuring your host, Elise Cortez, every Wednesday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. This week, find your life's purpose at work. We'll be right back. 